We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. We're here. I wish I could keep this feeling. I wish I could keep this feeling. Before we get into this week's show, we have to tell you guys about a brand new podcast here on the Blue Wire Network. Abner Mares is a world champion boxer, Olympian, sports commentator, and most importantly, dad to two little girls. He's starting up his own podcast. I know you guys love listening to us for boxing, but there can never be enough. Abner's beloved by Abuelas and hardcore fans alike. Abner is a pro at entertaining the world both in and out of the ring. On Blue Wire's newest podcast, On the Hook with Abner Mares, we'll hear from Abner, his family, fellow athletes, and other people who made him the boxer and the man he is today. So on the hook with Abner Mars, you can hear him talk about topics like the current state of boxing, uh, being a husband and a girl dad, his journey from being a kid on the streets to a boxing champ. So listen to On the Hook with Abner Mars wherever you get your podcast. Episodes in English out on Tuesdays and episodes in Spanish out on Wednesdays. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the Corner Podcast, second show this week. It is great to be back, back to back days. All pro wrestling today, so plenty to talk about in the world of pro wrestling. Kel Dansby here, old man. Andreas Hale is in the building. I am back from Mexico, and that is why you guys did not get three episodes this week. I was in Mexico, all-inclusive resort, chilling, and believe it or not, equipment just doesn't work the same sometimes when you're on a different continent. So we couldn't record on Sunday to bring you guys episodes throughout the week. So we'll be touching on all three combat sports today. And then next week, we're going to try to roll out all three shows. So that should be exciting. But I'm not too I'm not too sad about it. I was on I was in Mexico on the beach drinking. I was drinking tequila and I didn't black out and I didn't lose my mind. So it was incredible. Um, Good weekend for me, old man. I'm proud to say I'm back in the States. I took my Rona test. I am Rona free. I made it. You, sir, went to a restaurant. You braved the outside world. How are you feeling? Um, Fine, I guess. I mean, while you're out here traversing the continents and (laughs) and staying at hotels, like I don't venture too far outside of my house. Like I've gone... I went, what did I say? I told you on the group chat, 215 days without eating at a restaurant. And then I finally broke it because my daughter was hungry. So that was an, that was my adventure. My adventure is not nearly as exciting as drinking tequila in Mexico with other people and shit. Mine was sitting in a restaurant with my daughter eating pot roast and drinking wine. And <laughs> that was not very thrilling. So that's it. I have nothing exciting to say. 
Yeah, listen, the resort was half empty, so it was like me and the family. So if I did catch the Rona, I'm just, I got to shoot the five with somebody in my family because they gave it to me. Outside of that, though, we're all safe, traveled safely. I am back home. I am not going anywhere, chilling in the crib in Connecticut. One thing before we get into all of this combat sports. So I get back. I wake up. I'm checking Twitter. And the dumbest thing is on my timeline. But I was like, yo, it's so dumb. I got to talk about it on the podcast. When? Because <laughs> I, I thought this wasn't cool, right? I thought this gets people, quote unquote, canceled. But I open up my Twitter app and all the talk is about Cardi B, her mistakenly putting out a picture, which if you're famous, I get it. Shit might happen. I think it happened to Captain America not too long ago. It could happen to anybody. You put out a picture. It goes, you know, everywhere online because you have 10 million followers or so. So everyone sees Cardi B's boobs. Mind you, she's been a stripper. There is plenty of naked pictures of her and videos all over the internet. So I'm like, why is this like an uproar? And it's an uproar because people are stupid, Dre. I did not know Twitter was full with nerds, geeks, and children that act like there's just one style of boob in this world and anything else is the biggest topic in the world. For the first time in probably two weeks, Trump wasn't the center of my Twitter. Cardi B was the center of my Twitter. Cardi yeah. B's assets. Cardi, you listen, man. If you are over the age of 30 and you're talking about how Cardi B's boobs look, you've got issues. You need more sex. Because there's just no way that as, a, as an adult over the age of 30, when you're 18, I get it. Right, I get it. When you see big Fair. areolas, you freak out. But like, I need the perfect boobs. Because when you're 18, you think you, everything is perfect. You think every like stretch marks are gross. You think all that shit. When you, when you cross the burning sands at 30, the idea of like stretch marks and boobs that have a natural sag to them and big areolas and other shit doesn't bother you because you know what? You're a fucking human. And this is what happens. And it's always funny because men, we're so conceited that we talk about women's body parts. Like, we're perfect. Like, we don't have hair growing in places that we sh that shouldn't be growing out of. Not all men look like porn stars, right? Like, we all have ridiculously shaped bodies. And it's true. And women don't really give a shit. But here we are talking about Cardi B's nipples on her fake boobs, which she's gotten done several million times. But who gives a shit? Who cares? Grow up. I don't <laughs> care. Like, it's not that serious. As soon as I saw him, people were like, ew, yucky. I was like, you're fucking stupid. What a great point that is. Guys are the ones talking... And girls don't care what guys' bodies look like. No, man, they don't like as much as you know. Women will talk about certain dudes that they see and be like, "Oh, you know, his body or such yeah. and such." When you, for the most part, you, they, we've always seen this this chick, and we're like, "Man, why is she with that dude? The dude has like a big old pot belly and like furry back, and you know, just looking crazy." Like, because women don't care. Like, we're we're the stupid ones. We're super cosmetic. And I'll be very honest. Once I crossed the age of eighteen, and before I met my wife. I, got, I realized, like, that look shit gets old really, really fast, right? Like, extraordinarily fast. Super fast. And everything else is just doesn't matter. Like, you will put up with certain shit, but putting up with women's, certain personalities is the most difficult thing in a relationship. Looks, pff, you can get past all that shit. Of course, like, I love my wife. She's beautiful. And no, but nobody's perfect. There's always going to be something. And especially, especially if you are a man who has been with a woman who has had a child, if you're talking about Cardi B's nipples, you need to check yourself in a fucking hurry. Because I guarantee whoever you're with that has had a child doesn't even look remotely like these supermodel bodies that you expect to see. Just cut it out. Quit being stupid. Yeah. I, these are the people who pay for OnlyFans. I've always wondered, like, why does OnlyFans have such a following? It's these guys who want to believe that those bodies are the body. Right, because when you're just walking around, and the dating pool is only so big. I was in the dating pool for like a year. You see tons of bodies. I maybe have maybe while single talked to two girls who look like the Instagram chicks. Maybe, and I lived in Vegas. So if you don't live somewhere like huge, much metropolitan area, you're never seeing those types of bodies. Which makes me think you're never seeing anyone naked. If you think like, oh, that's weird, or oh my God, gross, you're not really seeing any naked women in your life. 
because that's ridiculous. And shout out to my wife, because since I met her, like from day one, I was like, yo, I love everything about you. She thought I was like the weirdest guy in the world. But I've never been like weird about anything that's different on a woman. Like I appreciate differences in women all the time. When I was younger, I had to think for imperfect teeth. So um, like Jewel, when you had those little two fangs, that was my shit growing up. So <laughs> imperfect teeth, girls with lisp really did it for me. I just imperfections were always my thing growing up. Like quirks were always like, yo, that's super dope. So <laughs> not to get too far off subject, but if you know, you know, Havana and Savannah Ginger. Yes. They are greats in my eyes. Greats of their occupation in my eyes. So this Cardi B thing, I was like, what what's the problem here? So I I've always been weird and like I've known there's tons of different body types maybe it's because i was with a woman who had kids at 17 19 and 21 and i saw the progression of how body changes and early in life because my first wife went through it with three kids by the time we were 21 so that like never stopped me from anything but if you're a grown-ass man what was the cat williams kit he was like if you got stretch marks it was one of two things you either got small or you're either small and got big or you big and got small either way we're good there's no problems with any of this, and guys were ridiculous. But I bring up all of this, all of this, Dre, because I have a story. Revolving on this, I was like, it's been a second, a couple weeks since we've done story time. But this goes to show that nothing changes over time. I had to be 17, so we all had sidekicks. I think sidekicks were big. Um, you had aim on your phones by then like it wasn't flip phones anymore blackberries were were dope too so you could send pictures at this point pictures and videos granted they were kind of grainy but you get the idea so i remember even at this time there weren't group chats necessarily but you know everyone had their phones and we talk and whatever so everyone's at my crib like majority of my football teams at my crib and one of us, it's after practice, so people would shower at my crib before we went and hit up parties. One of my boys who was on our team left his phone on the counter. Left his phone on the counter. We're like, all right, whatever. And granted, this isn't Twitter and Instagram, but shit blows up quick. I remember <laughs> the phone's on the counter, and we're looking, and someone's like, yo, what time is it? They pick up his phone. It was before phones had locks. And they went... And he had his messages open. And it's just a thread of him talking to this other girl at the school and asking for pictures, him exchanging pictures, so on and so forth, right? So the house is in hysterics at this point. He's in the shower. He don't know what the hell is going on. He's like, oh, my God, I can't believe this. The funniest shit. And this is what it comes full circle. I learned not to judge people. Because we're all 17 and we're like, oh, we're about to see nudes. Oh, that's crazy. He's, this is the succession of tweets or texts. He sends ab pictures. Pick. Next pick. It's him flexing like an idiot. Next pick. It's her with like a, a tube top. And we're like, oh, it's going down. Next pick. Picture of her feet. Next pick. Video of her feet. Her rubbing lotion into them. Third pick. More feet, next video, oh, you want these feet, huh? When I tell you we roast this boy to this day, and I don't body shame or kink shame now, but you know what? He's still going to get these jokes. That was the first time I've ever seen someone with a foot fetish. We were 17. And the fact that he was exchanging his nudes for her feet were mind-boggling to me. Crazy. But then fast forward like 5, 10 years, we're always like, now our joke with him is, yo, you were kind of ahead of the curve. Like now, like everyone's weird. I personally don't go full quagmire. I don't have a foot fetish. But everyone does weird shit. I was like, you were ahead of the curve in high school. So there's no excuse for these idiots body shaming different styles of areola and nipples. Because even in high school, people are into some weird shit. My friend included, he had a foot fetish and wasn't exchanging nudes for nips he was exchanging nudes for heels so mm. you never know Drake. you're never too young to know better 
That's no. that's my point. Never too young to know better. All right, we'll get back to the show in one second. But first, even though sports had a break, your business didn't. You have to keep moving, and that makes hiring more important than ever. Indeed is here to help. Indeed.com is the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. Unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. You only pay for what you need. You can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Plus, Indeed provides powerful tools for you to make your search that much easier. Those tools include sponsor jobs, which are shown to be three and a half times more likely to result in a hire. With 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the important hire that you need just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates will see it fast. Try Indeed out with a free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. This is their best offer available anywhere. Go right now to Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Offer valid through December 31st. All right, so now that we're we're past Cardi B and and the wild talk and all that craziness, and we've established that grown men shouldn't give a damn about any of this, let's get into our second segment. Shout out to the sponsors before as well. We're here to talk pro wrestling, and we're here to talk about the pro wrestling PWI women's top list. So we covered the men's list not too long ago. We rarely ever agree. This year, Moxley topped the list. And I was like, all right, maybe. I thought maybe Adam Cole should have had it. Whatever. Here, I have another gripe about the women's list. <laughs> I do. Okay. Bailey, Go ahead. I'm going to run down the top 10 just for people. And then we'll get into it. So, number one, Bailey. Number two, Becky Lynch. Number three, Asuka. Number four, Charlotte Flair. Number five, Sasha Banks. Number six, Hikaru Shida, champion AEW. Number seven, Tessa Blanchard. Eight, Rio. Nine, Io Shirai. Ten, Iwatani. That's the top ten. Bailey is not number one, Trey. <laughs> Bailey, for much of the year, was floundering in this new gimmick until Sasha saved her. Yep. I'm glad you said it before I did. Becky, to me, probably is a number two. Out of this top five, impartial, Sasha would be number one. But if you can't <laughs> give it to Sasha, then Asuka deserves to be number one. Sasha should be number two. And then we start the list. Yeah, okay. So, listen, I get why they put Bailey as number one. It's a recency bias. She's held the title for as long as she did, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah, one year total. Right. But... There's some other things I have an issue with on this list. Io Shirai at number nine gives me a headache. Way too low for Io Shirai. Look, I like Akaru Shida. I like Rio. But Io Shirai she is one of the best in the world, period. Plus, with the new gimmick, the new attitude, even though she's turned babyface again, I liked her more as a heel. She's a champ. How is she this low on the list? Work, no like work rate-wise, she's easily top three. When did Becky give up the belt? Right after Mania. Day yeah. after Mania, right? Day after Mania. So she, she's missed the entire summer. Six months. Look, more importantly about Becky Lynch, I think we've said this a ton. The in-ring stinks. <laughs> I mean, she it hasn't been match good. In there. She had like in, some ladder match or something against Charlotte. In comparison to Asuka, Charlotte, Sasha, Shirai, Rhea Ripley, who's not on this list, which I'm almost surprised that she didn't make this list. She's at 11. Yeah, I'm almost surprised. Iwatani deserves to be on this list. Rio, mm, I don't know. Um, Hikaru Shida, yeah. Uh, but Becky's matches kind of suck. And if Becky, because this is why I say this. If Becky's number two, 
Shayna Baszler should have been in this list. If you're just going off a of character and how dominant she was for the time that she was there, I don't think Shayna's like great. But I think if Becky's going to be number two, then what the hell? I mean, Becky was deserving a number one last year. Yeah, she was this on year? fire. This year? Yeah. Not nah, like before she left, she was still trying to flip that like horrible Seth Rollins, you're my baby, you know, we're together angle where they were a couple and it was just real ugly. Like, the, it, it was what ugly was the storylines for her before she left? Before, okay, because her Shayna, where the last story not. So before that, and this this is why I have a problem with this, because remember, if we if I don't I don't remember the dates that PWI is covering with this particular list. Do you have that in front of you? Um, let's see. I but I'm gonna. It is in front of me. Why you October look October 2019 through October 2020. Okay, and then now here's why I have a problem with this. Who won Survivor Series in November? Shayna Baszler. Shayna, yep. Shayna destroyed everybody in the Elimination Chamber. I didn't like it, but that's what happened. Yep. And then she went on to lose to Becky Lynch. Do you remember anything that Becky Lynch did between losing to Shayna at Survivor Series and beating Shayna at WrestleMania? I don't remember a fucking match. I don't remember a feud. <laughs> I don't remember Charlotte a thing. Feuded? Did they? Maybe. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Charlotte was busy with Rhea Ripley. I remember that. Asuka was a tag team champ, so it wasn't. No, it was Asuka because Kari was out. And Asuka feuded with Becky and Charlotte at one point. That was that was before Mania? Like I Yeah, before Mania. I legitimately don't remember this. And that's and that's why I can't I can't see her as number two. It's I just like it's nothing memorable to me. Like Asuka has been excellent. Charlotte, as much as we talk about her, she's great in the ring. Yeah. And she beat she, Rhea Ripley, whatever. Oh, she but, did, she did. But Shayna beat them both in November and then destroyed everybody at Elimination Chamber and then like, like they completely cooled off on her after WrestleMania. So that's, I get why she may not be on this list. But Becky's just way well, too high. To be fair, she's a tag team champion right now. Yeah, like, but I'm just saying, like Becky's just way too high. Two over Asuka? No. Yeah. And if we're being objective and we're putting racism to the side, which a lot of times in pro wrestling... <laughs> If you're making a list, you got to, right? Like, if we're keeping it a buck, you got to put a lot of racism to the side. Um, I, I'll put <laughs> this person's racism to the side before I put fucking Velveteen Dreams touching little boys to the side. But seven for Tessa Blanchard is mighty low. Um, you know what? She held a men's title. Which is true. But here, here's the dilemma with her. Because it, it is racism adjacent because it derailed your career <laughs> racism <laughs> because it, like it it completely shut her down for the for the half of this uh the year that they're counting on this list okay but charlotte same thing becky same thing charlotte's had surgery been out half the year becky's been out half the year having a baby She's yeah but two. tessa hasn't wrestled since what february mm. she's been out for a long ass time yeah maybe Maybe it was February. It was January or February. Yeah. So she's okay. she's been gone for a minute. So if you take the racism and couple it with that, <laughs> like <laughs> couple it with that, okay. Then you have the, you have the reason why she's low. I mean, she's better than her Karo Shida. Like just in terms of like character, I say it all yeah. the time. I like Shida. I just think the character does nothing for me. I, li- yeah, I like she's her. She's held that belt forever. Yeah. Wish she had a good match against Swole, which we'll yeah. get to. But okay. Whatever. <laughs> no, okay. no, maybe I only thought so. Um, yeah, but Sasha deserves to be number one, damn it. If Sasha ain't going to get one this year, when is Sasha going to get one? She's know. carried the feud. She's been a tag champ. She won the Raw title again. She better win it this next year. Because she's beating Bailey eventually. Yeah, of course. But babyface uh, Sasha Banks is not it. No, she got to beat her and like change brands on some stupid trade shit. Yeah. I need them both to be heels. Um. Yeah, so that that was the list one through ten that kind of bothered me. Outside of the top ten names that stick out, Shayna Baszler, who you campaigned for, is thirteen. Um, Thunder Rosa at fourteen. I thought she had a good showing in AEW, and I didn't really watch. Uh, I think it was what NWA or whatever. But um, I guess she was on there. She impressed me when she was in AEW. Yeah. She can really wrestle her ass off. Uh, Jordan Grace. I always thought it had an amazing look. She's at 12. Nyla Rose, 16. It's good for Nyla. Yeah. That's pretty high on the list. Um, Nikki Cross at 20. Kyrie Sane at 21. 
Mm. The biggest thing that bothers me probably is where we get here. Britt Baker, 22. Bianca Belair, 23. Yeah. That's way too low for Bianca. Bianca, this is where you got to wonder what the criteria is. is Because when Bianca's going and she's given time and she's working, she's a very unique talent in that ring. Yeah. Like all their matches may not be like Asuka or Kyrie Sane, like because even Kyrie Sane can go, but Bianca is ve- like her power, her look, everything about her is unique. They just haven't really given her an opportunity. But behind Britt Baker, nah. Yeah, like I understand Britt Baker's character work has been very good. Yeah, sure. But that's still, still a little low to me. Big Swole at thirty nine. I like Big Swole, but I guess he just got to AEW. It's time to grow on the list. Um, shout out to Shotzi Blackheart for making it to 46. She's going to be a lot higher next year. Yes, she is. She, she has was on been NXT. Great. Talk about, listen, the character is a little weird. Yeah. I don't care. It has some personality, though. It so works. it's not bland. Yeah. And she can go. Oh, she's fun to watch. She's a ton <laughs> of fun to watch in the ring. In ring? <laughs> Yeah, she's she's making her money in ring. Um, sad to see Naomi at sixty three. What the fuck are we doing, Naomi? That, who knows? She's on Raw now, which we'll talk about in a little bit. We'll talk about that. So that's the women's list. I just want to see who came in at. Oh, it's only one hundred. Max and Paler came in at one hundred. <laughs> I don't know who that is, but okay. I don't even know who that is. They okay. Um, I don't know who the sh- the lowest person we would know on here. Um. Yeah, nah. Shout out to Marty Bell. Made at ninety six. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. Reverse. Or no. Uh, um. I almost said reverse Rat Pack member, but a uh, member of our panel alumni. I feel like everyone does good after they get off of the wrestling with stereotypes panel. So she made the PWI top one hundred. I gotta congratulate her. So no, that's where we ended up with that. Now let's go into AEW because we touched on it. Before we do that, I know you haven't had a chance to watch it because you're in Mexico. But I think if anybody has time and you can watch The Collective from last weekend, they had 12 shows. And I've watched seven of them. And Lee Moriarty, holy shit. Black dude, incredible talent. It sucks. Yes, please. If you get a chance, look this kid up. He he had a match with Jonathan Gresham. Was unbelievable. He wrestled ACH. I haven't watched all of his matches yet. There's like three more I still got to watch. But I watched the Gresham match. Man, this motherfucker is good. <laughs> like, yo. The collective, like, as a whole, the For the Culture show was great. It was great because none of the matches was like super long. Everybody got their shit in. Uh, AJ Gray looked incredible. The Two Cold Scorpio match pff, was <laughs> against um, uh, who do you wrestle? Fox, AR Fox. That was great. Like the co- collective, if you have the time and got a little bit of coin to spend on fight, watch the collective. Janela's Spring Break, I haven't completely finished yet, but that's where you're going to find the Moriarty uh, Gresham match. And I think there's a couple other ridiculous shows. Um, but there, there was some really great wrestling this weekend. I just had to make oh. note of that because I watched all this shit and I didn't watch it to not talk about it. But Moriarty <laughs> is a dude that I watch and I like. I heard his name and then Justin and I we talked about it in our chat and I was like, yeah, I just watched the match with him. He looked really good and I sat there and I was like, let me watch a few more of his matches and I was like, oh fuck, this black dude is great. Yeah, I gotta check it out. I'm gonna go through. I got fight on the TV. I'm gonna throw it on one of the TVs when we're done with this. Um, how did? Did you watch the ACH versus Leo Rush match? No, I'm saving that one. That's the one that I'm okay. saving for last because I've heard okay. really good things about it. But I don't know who won. Like, I didn't spoil it. But yeah, I'm, I don't know who won either. I can't wait to watch Yeah, I want to watch that match. Unfortunately, it seems like some people came away from that show with COVID, which sucks. Um, oh, no. Yeah. I mean, I'm not surprised. But no. I mean, oh, no. the weirdest thing about the show, and then we can talk AEW and all that shit. The weirdest thing about the For the Culture show is I was watching For the Culture show with a ton of black wrestlers, and the crowd was like white. It was the weirdest shit I've ever seen. It felt what? like I was at a rap concert. I mean, it was rural, like, Indiana. Right? I know, but it's, it just felt like I was watching, like, Kendrick Lamar or Drake performing <laughs> in, like the, like, the sticks somewhere in Indiana, and it was like an all-white crowd. 
But they were rocking with it, so I'm cool with it. It just was a weird thing to see. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Uh, shout out to Littlefoot though, Lexus Littlefoot. Ah, she walked out with AJ Gray. Yo, I popped. AJ Gray. I didn't even know. She didn't tell. Like nobody. I didn't know. I saw her come out and I popped. I was like, Yo, look at Littlefoot. Also was on wrestling with stereotypes, but like, yeah, it was. Yeah, I think she started her wrestling classes this week. Yeah, I believe so. But seeing like again, AJ Gray was supposed to be on this past wrestling with stereotypes and. If you watch Gray this weekend, like, do yourself a favor. Like, if you've never watched AJ Gray, he was the highest-ranked independent wrestler on the PWI list this year. I think he came in, like, the 40s. And if you've never watched him wrestle, he's funny as shit on, on Twitter. But if you've never watched him wrestle in his goddamn lariat, do yourself a favor. Because the man went from, from flippy shit to power shit to death matches. He does all that yeah. shit. It's nuts. <laughs> I transition. But I, I'm with it. I'm with it. Anyone that has a core flippy shit. They got my heart. Um, all right, AEW then, real quick. I It was the one-year anniversary of them being on uh, TNT. I think it's been a successful one year. I've liked the shows recently. I liked this show. I personally didn't really think it had a bad match. I think they're hitting their stride. Some stuff to clean up, but I, I thought it was good. Overall, what would you give the grade for their first year? I'd give it a B plus. I thought this was, I mean, for a, a, a company that has never been a company that has just hit television and jumped in the deep end, I thought they've done, I mean, of course, they've had their highs and lows, but I thought they've had a majority highs. I thought they've had, I think, I still think they have a problem um, with their women's division that needs to be fixed. Uh, I also think the one-offs from Moxley hasn't really helped his reign, but I can blame a little bit of that on COVID, but not enough. Which this that's what prevents me from giving them an A, um, but other than that, like, listen, what'd you call them? The fifth best tag team? Best friends have showed their ass this year. Ooh, fifth best tag team. I gotta move them up to fourth. <laughs> and Justin I is gonna kill me, but LAX gotta take a step back. Uh, look, man, they have been Ooh. excellent. Even their match with FTR this week was good. The finish was a little clunky, it was. but it was it was good. Like they they're really good, and they've done a good job. Uh, establishing guys like MJF, Orange Cassidy, Darby Allen, um, some of the signings like Ricky Starks, uh, Trey, Cody must bleed. Hey man, I'm th- well, come on, this I, is Hogan must pose. I know, I know. Listen, I'm, sick, I'm, I'm kind of tired of Cody. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that match. Look, we'll just get right into it. Cody and, and Cassidy for the TNT title. I'm glad that match went to a draw because I did not want to see Orange Cassidy lose. No. Um, I just don't know what we're doing here if Orange Cassidy's not winning this title because I am so much more intrigued by Orange Cassidy versus Darby Allen at full gear than I am with Darby versus Cody. I agree. I'm, uh, it's a little weird that the Dark Order just went away. They didn't, though. They kind of were in that match. There's something going on. But, <laughs> like, mm, is Darby Allen going to be in the Dark? I, nah. I just think... I, the, I don't know what we're doing. Here. I don't think they're done with Cody, essentially, is what I'm thinking. I think, okay. I could be completely wrong, but I think they may cost Cody the title match against Cassidy. And then we go, I don't know if we go back to, because Brody Lee just can't go away. That's irresponsible. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I call that. That shit is irresponsible. He's too good to just disappear after losing the title. Yep. They need to do something yep. with that. So we, we shall see. I mean, we had the Moxley match. That was good. Um, versus Archer. That was good. Yeah, it's a no-hose-barred match. I know, the but guy does. So I'm just yes, saying, like, it was, Archer... It was amazing. He, Archer looked like a million bucks because he kicked out of a lot of shit. He, his yeah. tempo was great. But then, like, after the match, look, man, are you sold on Eddie Kingston yet? This dude's fucking money, I'm getting sold money, on man. Eddie Kingston. <laughs> I'm getting sold on Eddie Kingston. Yo. You know why I was sold on him this week? Because he wore a Vlad Guerrero jersey. Listen, man. Like this one, uh, You know what? I'm sold on him in this capacity. I love the attack, by the way. Um, again, he gives me strong Samoa Joe vibes. I mean, but dude, when you I, talk about I, For I the like Culture. Him, his outfit, his wrestling outfit, is just very shitty. How about that? It is. Outside of that, I'm starting to be sold on everything else. I wish he could just wrestle in this like Conan used to. Listen, my man in, in calls WCW. My man calls people pa. Like, man, the vibes are are there with Eddie Kingston. 
That oh, guy is for great. the culture. I enjoy oh, him a great. lot. That was um, well I think he he'll help the Lucha Bros a ton. Yeah, I believe so. Much more natural fit than when they try to put them with uh with Pac. That was Not, no, I like Death Triangle. Honestly, to be honest with you, when Pac comes back and he if they reform Death Triangle, I keep saying this. Kingston LAX is that's what needs to happen. That would also work. Because it's it's right but there. I feel like LAX all right, LAX can kind of talk for themselves, right? They can. If needed. Carry themselves, promo work, all this stuff. They can get an edge. The Lucha Bros, on a, a weekly television show, I'm not sure how much they go across in personality. Nah, I mean, I don't know. I just, like, I'd rather see you the know, Lucha Bros. I mean, Bros they were on wrestling. TNA. They were on Impact, and, like, they did their thing, but they were... I, I don't know. I, I heard more about... You know, them when they were separated, feuding with each other, singles guys. Like, that's when I heard of their personalities coming out. I don't know. I So, I just want Right now, I don't, I don't see personalities from them, and Kingston gives them a lot. Yeah, I, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. I just. The, the Puerto Rican connection, like, it just seems like it makes perfect sense. Because does make Kingston sense. doesn't necessarily always have to be a mouthpiece. He's going to wrestle. It seems like they're going to. They're clearly going with him and Moxley at full gear. In what I just hate that's gonna be another one off pay per view one off. I mean, yeah, probably it doesn't have to be, but it looks like well, it's not a one off because Moxie already beat him. So I think the narrative they're trying to establish here is the, the I quit match. I think that's exactly where we're going with those two. Yeah, I think his promo alluded to it, which is cool. Yeah, I mean, again, um, we'll see, but yes, you're right. The one offs, here's the thing. I'm not going to be upset with this being a one-off because they've already had a match. And AEW only does pay-per-views like quarterly. So I'm okay with a one-off on a pay-per-view because they've already had one. But it's for the most part, what ends up happening is Moxley gets to wrestle somebody one time and then they go away. Which is what I don't like. Cage, uh, Brody, like they didn't do anything else. They had like a couple interactions. He, he beats them and they just go away. Kingston lost already. And he's coming back for more. So I won't call this one necessarily a one-off. Give you that. And then next up, we have uh, Sheeta against Big Swole. You didn't like it. It was okay. I mean... I thought it was good for a women's match. For a women's match? Mm Mm-mm. Like on their on AEW women's (laughs) match. Don't paint me the buff. (laughs) But like for for their women's match, yes, there's a low bar. Yeah, it's true. I mean... So, I mean, I thought it was really good for one of their women's matches. I'm glad they gave them time on the main show. <laughs> now I don't got to go to AEW Dark to watch this shit. True. So, yeah. True. I thought... I was I was impressed. I thought Swole did a thing. Um, I just love the cutter between the ropes. That gets me every time. That, that looks good. I love that spot. I have one issue with Swole. And when she does dirty dancing, for whatever reason, it looks like there's like a weird setup to it where it doesn't flow. It like it's kind of stilted. It's like she's trying to do it, but she's trying to get in a position to nail it. If she can pull that off a lot smoother, like um, when Jericho does the spinning back fist, it's very smooth. Her dirty dancing could be a little bit smoother. There, there are spots where it feels like she's waiting for things to happen. But I, I like Swole. I think she's got a great personality. And I, I would give, I'd give her an entirely different finisher. But that's fair. Yeah, exactly. I think Swole needs a different. It's like finish. the women's right. Like I hate that as a finish. Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah, so dirty dancing. Like I could go without. Like a yeah. cool setup move for Swole, but I would give her a completely different. Absolutely. Finish. Yeah. Yeah. Fair. Um, FTR. You touched on it. Best friends. That was good. FTR wins. Not mad at that. The Bucks continue to be assholes. They super kick everybody. The Bucks super kick everybody. <laughs> so here's my concern real quick, because we're going to get into this as the weeks go on. But the Bucks versus FTRs, that's the direction we're going for full gear. But yeah. who am I supposed to cheer for? Um, I don't like the F- I don't like FTR by nature. So the Bucks. It's, it's a weird dynamic because like the Bucks I are like being... I like asshole Bucks. Yeah, they're being assholes, but I, I think the, my issue with FTR right now is they're cheating a lot. I don't need them to <laughs> cheat every single match. I think they cheated a lot in NXT. They, they did, but they also won a, won a few clean ones too. It feels like they cheat every week. Semi-clean. <laughs> they cheat a lot. There, there was a lot of like crawling under the apron, grabbing legs. That stuff, I'm okay with that stuff. Uh, it's just the Tully Blanchard know, interference thing gets on my nerves sometimes. Oh, yeah, no, me too. Like, cheat. 
between yourselves. Yes. You know how I feel about the the old men. Like I'm, I'm done. Cheap done yourself. with that shit. Fair. Yeah. Like um, I like what they did before. Let's see if they get back to that. Um, now we're getting to the portion of shit I guess I didn't like. These three things. I thought the show was better than this. I forgot about these things. Now that I'm reading um, this list of matches, I am over the Miro Kip Sabian thing. Oh man, I forgot about that too. Yeah, I'm over it. I'm, they're not doing right by by Miro. No, he came in, and they've done nothing to build him up. No, pairing him with Kip Sabian was a terrible decision. And then the crazy thing is, unless he wrecks Kip Sabian yeah. at one point, Miro he has to. like. He looks amazing. Physique-wise, oh, his look, I mean, his promo-cutting ability is great. But this gimmick and pairing it with Kip Sabian was dumb. This was the dumbest thing. There was other ways they could have done this with him. Yeah. This has to be a red herring. He has to crush Kip Sabian and have the crazy mean streak. Right, that red herring needs to hurry the fuck up. Because Meryl, like, I don't, I'm not saying Meryl needs to be in the title picture right now. But I, he needs to be separated from this. Like, being mad yeah. over video games? Come on, dog. No. Yeah, it makes very little sense. And then we have, this was even worse, the number one contenders tournament bracket was revealed. Come on. like, Can you project really? any harder? Really? Hangman Page versus Colt Cabana? You're talking about a guy like Miro. Talking about like you got a guy like Brian Cage. You, you, you have this talent. You have Ricky Starks. You have Scorpio Ricky Sky. Star- you have this talent on your show. Where you can give credible first round matches mm, mm, and mm. actually make it look like you don't know what's going to happen at the end. No, f- fuck that. Phoenix and Pentagon are going against each other. Going to be a good match, but all right, Pentagon's going to win. And then Omega versus Janela. Omega win. Omega win. Omega and Omega Pentagon. versus Pentagon. Great match. Rematch from um, All In, the first one. Yep. It's going to be incredible Raw. match. Yeah. Uh, incredible match. Tons of time. Omega's going to win. Then on the other end, Cole Cabana, Hangman Page, Wardlow, and Jungle Boy. Jungle Boy is going to beat Wardlow, because I don't know why. Cole Cabana has no chance against Hangman Page. And Hangman Page and Jungle Boy are going to give you a 20-minute match where Hangman Page is going to win. Makes no damn sense. I, I, I think Wardlow might actually beat Jungle Boy. All right. But either way, we know, we, we know how this is ending. Kenny Omega versus Adam Hangman Page at fucking full gear. We don't need a tournament yeah. to do this. Nope. At least they could have made it believable. Yeah, no. They didn't. They did not. It makes no damn sense. This, this is worse than WWE old school King of the Ring book. Yeah. You know what might actually happen, though? Is they might swerve us. Now that everybody's seen this bracket. Because what they have done a lot of lately. And if you're... If you, I don't... See, I don't know where you're going with this. If your third thing is the J- MJF-Jericho interaction, is it? Yes, it is. Okay. <laughs> that is that's the third thing I didn't like. Okay. <laughs> so, <laughs> as you can see, AEW has lately been trying to bait and switch us on a lot of things. So, the, now they've been playing this MGF Jericho thing to like, oh, they're going to turn on each other at some point. But now it's like they're toying with us. They could set this bracket up for one of those guys to lose and completely throw this out of, out of whack. And then, But then we're going to look at it as like, why even tease that? Yeah, like then, then what? It's like you're too like, smart for your own good. Yeah. If it doesn't end, and I like Paige a lot, but if it doesn't end in heel Kenny Omega winning and you get three months of a build between him and Moxley, then what the fuck are we doing here? I don't know. I don't know. See, because even if Omega beats Paige, right, heel Omega, you can run an Omega and Paige feud for like a month and a half. Oh, yeah. And then pivot right into right ahead of the next pay-per-view going Moxley Omega. But even though the, the only problem with this is we've done Moxley and Omega. Like, we did that but match it already. It was like a one-off. I, I, but they had, this, a, they had a couple matches. I but they only had we didn't do Paige versus Moxley yet. No. I guess you could wait to put Omega into the picture. I mean, I don't know what Doc. I don't know what you're doing. It's just some things where AW tries to be the smartest kid in the room, and you don't have to all the time. Just give us what we want, which is Page versus Omega. I don't need a tournament to get us there. They are on opposite ends of the WWE. Yes, if this is a pendulum. We are in the middle, and they are on opposite sides. Where WWE knows what we want and gives us none of it, 
and AEW knows what we want and gives us too much of it. Like, you're overthinking it. Yep. So it's it's crazy. And then MJF Jericho thing, like, I'm wearing thin. Look, man. It's like, again. I get it, but I, I'm wearing It's thin. one of those things where you see, like, a dude and a girl, and they're, like, flirting all the time. And then you just go, are you going to fuck or what? Like, that's where I feel like we're at with these two. It's like, come on, man. Like, we know we're going to get to this. And I thought... In some ways, it was cute and clever what they did this week. Like, I'm going to take you out of the state. Like, playing on the whole, like, beefy promo thing was funny. But you yeah. can only do this for so long until I'm like, just go and fuck already. Get it over with. Yeah, I, I agree. It's like, all right, too much. Too much teasing. Uh, it's not corny, but it's still like, all right, I'm, I'm done with this. Yeah. Like, we're good. But I guess, you know, got to take it to the pay-per-view. So, we'll... We'll see how that goes. Let's hit a quick break. When we come back, we'll talk about the WWE draft and the main roster before we get out of here and touch a little bit on New Japan. Not going to leave you guys without some New Japan talk. So you guys stay right there. We'll be right back. We'll get right back to the show in a second. But first, the wait is finally over. Football is back. You might not be able to be at a game this year, but you can still be in on the action at Bet Online. Bet Online is going the extra mile to make sure you can get in on every possible chance to win this season. From game spreads to totals to teams, player, and coaching props, Bet Online gives you more options to wager than anywhere else. You can get in on their season opening bonuses today and start off wagering on wins, divisions, and championship futures all day, every day. Head to Bet Online today and take advantage of all the great sign up bonuses. Don't forget to use code BLUEWIRE at betonline.ag. That's BLUEWIRE, all one word. BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. All right, just that quick, we are back, and it's time to talk WWE main roster, Dre's favorite part of the show. And we had the draft. So I was going to ask your overall grade on the draft, but figuring I'm giving it a D... I'm assuming you're giving it like an F plus. Yeah, man. This there's a couple of things about it. it. There was no real rhyme or reason to this draft. Like it started off, it was like, oh, the obvious first picks, but then Titus O'Neil got drafted, and I got a good laugh out of that because how does Titus O'Neil get drafted and Andrade doesn't? Somebody has to make sense out of this. I I have no clue. They got to spin it correctly, um, or. Andrade's just that far in the doghouse now that Paul Heyman is not running shit. Come on, but still, he's but on I TV. But I think you could use him on SmackDown. I'm just, yeah. I'm just saying. All signs point to him probably going back to Raw as a free agent. But the problem is, how does Titus O'Neil get drafted? When has he been on television? Sir, I don't even know why he was in the draft pool. Exactly. Riddick Moss got drafted. Yeah, Riddick Moss, um, the other guy. Who's Arturo Ruas. Yeah, I think he's on Raw Underground. Which is weird because I don't feel like Raw Underground is much of a thing anymore. It's like they're oh, people f- got drafted for it though. Yeah. Oh yeah, I haven't seen it in a second. Yeah, no, like it feels like Vince was like, ah, okay, Shane, enough of this shit. But it was stupid to begin with. But then like Retribution getting drafted, I was like, this is dumb. Um, I mean, they signed the contract, which was dumb. Uh, all of it was stupid. And yeah, you're right. It looks like Mercedes Martinez is no longer part of that group. She's not even in the pictures anymore. No, uh, she's out of here. We got a couple things right. Fiend goes to Raw. Owens goes to SmackDown. I uh, thought that was good trades. Yeah, the good trade-offs. Um, I did not like Riddle coming to Raw. No. Um, this Riddle thing, it's, it's very <laughs> strange. This Riddle thing. It's, it's, I mean, it's he a, has to be in a mid-card feud that matters. I, see, I don't know. Him, Lashley would be dope? It's so weird. Here's the weird thing about Riddle. Riddle came in beefing with Goldberg. Right? Trolling the yep. shit out of him. Talking shit about Brock Lesnar. And I don't know if they looked at that as a good thing or a bad thing. Because they haven't done really anything with it. Now he's just losing matches. His team tag team with the Lucha House Party? Like, what? Yeah, that's weird. <laughs> I don't know what <laughs> they... I have no... I don't, I don't think they know what they're going to do with him. No, they got to figure it out, though. So, Riddle's there. Um, Keith Lee stays on Raw. Jeff Hardy moves over. This this is the other thing I didn't like is that they moved a lot of guys in feuds together. Yeah, like the Rollins Mysterio thing. Come on. Yeah, like don't gotta continue that just on a different night. Like no one was clamoring for that to continue. Did Murphy get drafted? 
Um, I don't remember seeing his name. Murphy is drafted by SmackDown. Before or after Titus O'Neil? Before. Before. <laughs> I just need to, anybody who gets drafted after Titus O'Neil, it's like your career is over. Titus was second last. I'm just saying, he shouldn't be drafted at all. That's fair. Um, now, Murphy went to SmackDown. So, him, Rollins, and the whole Mysterio clan are all on SmackDown. What's happening? That's so goofy. They're just going to continue the same thing on SmackDown. Yeah, like Keith Lee should have went to SmackDown. Keith Lee should have went to SmackDown. Now he's, gonna be, no. he's beefing with Braun Strowman. Ugh. I mean, that's his big show moment. Okay. Um, Elias is back on Raw. Hooray. Good mid-card foil. I never mind Elias sure. to get beat up on. It's not, a, it's not like a great wrestler. Ricochet but. stayed. <laughs> uh, I know, dude. Garza and Carrillo both are on Raw. Please give me them as a heel tag Listen, team. they almost got you with Ricochet in the Hurt Business, didn't they? So close. Ah. I was so happy. I was like, he's going to join the Hurt Business. Nope. We're going to get a black tag team. Fuck the world. No, no, no. They're just going to leave him there to get beat up on. Yes. Because guess what? Apollo Crews moved to the other side. He's done. He's on SmackDown. So now Ricochet is going to fight the Hurt Business for the next four months. Hooray. And lose every time. Well, he won. So, you know, he can't wrestle them anymore. So it means he's going to be No, wrestling. no, but he's going he's gonna to lose to Bobby Lashley. Well, he'll be wrestling on main event soon. And he's currently wrestling on main event. Oh, so sorry. Don't tempt me with a good time. Uh, so we have Sheamus on Raw as well. Drew Gulak is 24-7 champion and on Raw. That's not going to end Raw. Um, the only other reason to mention this, Tucker was split from Otis. Look, man. What are you going to do here? It's over. Tucker's Tucker's gonna be cut. Yo, <laughs> countdown is what Tucker should be doing is sitting at home, just collecting his checks and figuring out what his next move is because it is That's over. It. Chilling at catering. Yeah, it's call right. call trips. Y'all, I need a rebrand. Let me get down to NXT. Otis is still on SmackDown, which is weird, but all right. With the briefcase, he doesn't even do anything. Or lunchbox. Ah, uh, Lars Sullivan came back. <laughs> oh, Lars. <What? laughs> Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan. Um, they made him grow a beard. It doesn't help. Uh, I don't know what that means. It's dude. Here's here's what I hate what the WWE does, and not even just with Lars Sullivan, just in general. Lars Sullivan comes in right, and who does he destroy? Upper mid card guys like annihilates them. Riddle, Hardy, Miz, and Morrison. Yeah. There's nowhere to go when you do stuff like this. Because you know what's going to happen in six months? All those names are going to beat Lars Sullivan. Book it. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, Lars, yeah. it's better when Lars you have... Strowman tree. Like, Lars should come in beating up Titus O'Neil instead of upper mid-card guys. Kira Tozawa. Yeah, beat him up. But when you're beating up like... Ricochet, unfortunately. When you're beating up guys like very close, like the upper mid-card, like former IC champions, that's dumb. Because where do you go with this? Yeah. It's not like Lars is going to be in the title picture anytime soon. This is baffling. No. Makes no sense. Oh, and give my boy Ricochet credit. I almost passed this. He did the Eddie Guerrero spot with the chair and hit the best feint since Will Smith on the Fresh Prince. Yeah, he looked. That that was good. Look, we can, we'll never deny A million bucks. Ricochet's in-ring talent is unbelievable. His mic work is trash. Yeah, incredible storytelling with that, though. Um, the women's division is now Asuka, Charlotte Flair, who will be back for that belt soon. Naomi... Alexa Bliss, Lacey Evans, Nikki Cross, Peyton Royce, and Lana. Yeah. Asuka and a bunch of people. Dude, um, Asuka. Her and Naomi should have a feud. Bruh. Uh, extended feud. Bruh. Ain't shit else. Even though I liked Alexa Bliss and The Fiend spot, oddly enough. Look, I don't give a shit about none of that. Lana won the Women's Battle Royal, and they're really doing a Lana-Asuka match. Yeah, what? man, I don't, I, don't, I don't know how to call it. Even, that last any more than 30 seconds. Eesh. And even Marie's coming back, too? What the fuck are we doing? Oh, she might grab the belt before Charlotte. <laughs> yeah. um, men's tag teams, New Day. All right. This yeah. is... <laughs> all right. All right. Look, I don't got a second claw yeah. in here. All right. But the New Day. First and foremost. on Raw. First and foremost. The Biggie Sheamus match was great. That that uh, last minute, no holes barred, whatever false oh, yeah. count. That was great. I've that was brutal. Shame is bummed like a madman, cut up like he's so white, so everything looks crazy anyway. But <laughs> that was a great match. Um, the return of Kofi and Xavier was a great moment. But as soon as they were all in the ring together and uh, Stephanie walked out, I was like, they're really about to do this. 
And they yeah, did it. They didn't they didn't change their mind last second. They didn't think like, hey, it's probably a bad idea. Nope. And there's a lot of people that say, well, it's because Big E's gonna get a push, right? And okay, but do you have to split him from them right now? Because my question is, yes, if Big E's going to get the push, if that's what we think is going to happen, because we never know what the fuck Vince is thinking, Big E gets the push. What are Kofi and Xavier really going to do on Raw without Big E? Beat tag champs. For how long? Because for forever, because obviously you can put the belt on them every two weeks. You can, but I don't know, man. Like, you know, the dynamic is weird. It is because as much as I like Xavier and Kofi, there's nothing wrong with this. But the three of them together, it it made sense, right? Yep. Without Big E, like without the the proper intro, without the the pancakes, like Big E really even when he wasn't the champ and Kofi was, it just felt that as a unit. It was stronger to see all three of them supporting each other. But now Big E's by himself. And we really don't know how long this run is actually going to last. Because it could be derailed at any moment. And we really don't know because Vince hates tag teams. And now you've already got... You split up the New Day. So now you got two guys left. Xavier and Kofi. And if you split them up and you're, you've pretty much shown that you're done with Kofi. Where's Xavier go? I have a feeling that the New Day may not be around this time next year. Now that said, I would hope maybe the New Day find themselves back together this time next year. I, dude, I hope so. Like, I don't know what's going to happen with the podcast. They sold so much merch. Like, there was so many things that the New Day did. And I get you have to break people up eventually. But, no, you don't. Not necessarily. <laughs> Not when you're earning like that. Yeah. No, you don't. You don't have to. This, nope. like, I would have loved to see, like, the Street Profits come over and the Street Profits feud with the New Day. It's not, like, there's a lot of shit they could have done before Big E starts on whatever this true solo run is going to be. I yep, didn't like to break this up. I didn't Now, like New Day, Hurt Business, Miz and John Morrison, which is the same feud, kind of. Retribution, Lucha House, Lucha House Party, other tag teams. Um, Retribution and Hurt Business are in a program. I don't know what New Day does in the intermediate. I don't know either. I guess we'll have to wait and see. Yep. Women tag teams. There's only two on Raw. Shayna Baszler and Mandy and Dana. So, so there might be only two in the company. <laughs> Sad. Uh, no, that's that's not Riot Squad is now on SmackDown, oh. where they have no one to wrestle. Wow. Um, men's division in SmackDown. I I like SmackDown a lot. Like Smack. I feel bad for the people who didn't get moved to SmackDown. So Roman Reigns, Sami Zayn, Seth Rollins, Daniel Bryan, Kevin Owens. Yes, good. Big E, Aleister Black, Apollo Cruz. This. I mean, this is really good. Stacked. Jay Uso, when Jimmy comes back, incredible tag team there. Jay's holding his own as well. Otis, get the fuck out of here. But Murphy, Callisto is cool. Lars Sullivan's there. They're going to beat the shit out of Lars. He's on SmackDown. He'll be a big brute until he gets his ass whooped. King Corbin, which is still good for intermediate feuds. And Shorty G, which needs to go back to his regular self, and he'll be fine. Yeah, I mean... Again, if I'm Keith Lee and I'm Matt Riddle and, and I guess Ricochet, if I'm looking at SmackDown, I'm like, what the fuck am I doing here? Why am I here? <laughs> trade. Trade me. Somebody trade me for All Otis the work is right across now. the street. All the work <laughs> is right there, and I'm here. All trade right. me for Otis right now. Um, and then women's division, Bailey, Sasha, Bianca Belair, Carmella, Natalia, Billy Kay, Tamina, and Zelina Vega. Bianca was another one I got right. We have to do a Bianca Bailey feud. It has to happen. Oh, yeah, that has to be next. I don't know what this means for Sasha. Again, Sasha needs to get very hurt yes. at this hell in a cell. Why are we doing And then be out until the Rumble. I'm not spending too much time. We'll talk about that more next week, but I'm yeah. so disgusted she with been hurt. Feud. She could have just stayed hurt, yeah. but whatever. You want to hurt her some more, do your thing. Um, and then Street Profits, Cesaro and Knock, Ziggler and Rude, Ray and Mysterio. Or Ray and Dominic. <laughs> Ray, and Ray Mysterio. Ray Mysterio. <laughs> Ray and Dominic, which isn't a real fucking tag team. None of them are real tag teams. Cesaro and Nakamura are not a real tag team. No, they could break up at any time and add to the stacked roster exactly. that we just named. Ziggler and Bobby Roode add to the stacked roster. I love SmackDown's roster. I don't trust shit to go right, but I love the roster. Yeah. Street Where's Profits are the only tag team. Yes, and the Riot Squad are the only female tag team. I, I don't know where they're going. At this yeah. point, why have tag teams? I don't know. Like, it, it makes no sense. Just say, fuck all tag team divisions. Sink or swim. And then that's it, man. Some people weren't drafted. Uh, injured people weren't drafted. Jimmy, Ivar, 
um, Sonya Deville, injured. Becky Lynch and Paternity Leave weren't drafted. Edge wasn't drafted. Samoa Joe still hurt, but should come back soon. Wasn't drafted. I hope he comes back to SmackDown. So, yeah. I mean, Forgotten Sons weren't drafted, but they're injured by racism. They are injured by their name, Forgotten. <laughs> Mojo Raleigh, free agent. Who? Bo Dallas, undrafted. Uh, okay. uh, Mojo will come back when Gronk comes back. Uh, big Show, undrafted. Cena, Goldberg, Rousey, Undertaker, all undrafted. Why they're still listed, I don't know, but I guess they're still listed and active. Sure. It's one hell of a draft. I give it a D. I almost went for a D minus. Mm, I give it a uh, okay. You know what? I'll give it a D too, just because of the SmackDown moves. A lot of those made sense. SmackDown looks good. Yeah. SmackDown looks good. All right, real quick before we get out of here, New Japan Pro Wrestling. We're almost coming to the end of the G1 tournament. I haven't caught up since last Thursday. But I've been keeping my eye on the standings. I just got to go back and watch the matches. Shaken down to be a couple of good matchups. It's kind of going how I thought it would. I still don't know who's going to win, though. Dude, if you're not caught up by now, and when you do watch this weekend, just know that this is a mess. And it's, it's a situation. Okay, real quick. The B block. Evil's the front runner right now. If Evil beats Sonata, it's a wrap. But if Sonata beats Evil and Naito loses, Sonata wins the block, which is kind of crazy. Naito can only win this block is if he beats Kenta, who was your pick, who was completely out. If he yeah. beats Kenta and Evil and Sonata have to wrestle to a draw. Now... The int- it's very possible. The intriguing thing about this is the the underlying narrative that Naito can't beat his LIJ members, and I don't think they've really talked about this yet. He has beaten everybody, but Evil and Sonata, which sounds crazy because they're all LIJ. Hmm. So it makes perfect sense to me that Evil, like that that Naito beats Kenta. And that motherfucking evil Sonata match ends in a draw. I think that's exactly what's going to happen. Not mad at that. And A block. Equally. Also wide open. It's So, Jay White, if he wins, pretty much over. Which means we get a Jay White Naito final, possibly. I'm all in on that. Not bad at that. But Kota Ibushi... He has to beat Tai Chi, and Jay White has easy. to lose. Okay. I think that's easier. Jay White wrestles Tomohiro Ishii, which for the first time in a long time, Ishii plays a spo- like the spoiler can't win, but he can spoil, and he's a live dog in Tomohiro Ishii versus Jay White. But Okada's in this weird spot. Okada wrestles Real Osprey, which we know is going to tear the house down. But both Ibushi and Jay White have to lose. Which means Obushi would have to lose to Tai Chi and Jay White would have to lose to Ishii. That's not happening. Now Obushi not losing it to Tai Chi. And Will Ospreay can't win. Because he's already lost to Kota Obushi. There's nothing he can do to win. So you're telling me we're gonna have a Naito Kota Obushi final. It's very possible. Which I'm here for. It's like I mean, Evil could outright win. If he beats Sonata, it's gonna come down to the buzzer. You can book it. I'm telling you what's going to happen. That match is probably going to be the last match on that show, and we're going to get that three-minute thing. It's going to be a sprint between Evil and Sonata to win because it'll, it'll be a race against the clock. If Sonata wins, he's in. If Evil wins, he's in. If they draw, Naito's in. But Naito has to be Kenta, which is going to happen. But that's how we're going to get to that final. That night and is going to be intriguing. We're looking at Kenta like this is the make-or-break year. Yeah, like he had, I mean, he just has to look great in this match. But he's mathematically eliminated. So, yeah. You, it, dude, there's a couple scenarios. We can have Jay White Naito. We could have Kota Ibushi Naito. We could have Evil Jay White, a Battle of Bullet Club guy, guys. The leaders. But, dude, <laughs> I don't know who wins this. I'm looking at this shit. I have no clue. Okada could still win. Okada could win. I don't see a reason for him winning this year. He's probably the one that has the least amount of like a story built around the only thing that could happen is Okada wins the A block and he faces Naito in the B block and Naito beats Okada 
and Naito becomes the first champion to win G1. I'm right with that. But there's a lot of scenarios. Their story play out. All this to say, y'all asses need to watch this shit. <laughs> That's <laughs> it's it. gonna be a fun weekend. I'm gonna watch all these matches oh, that I missed. Uh, here's a question. Catch up on before them. we get out of here. Did you watch Minoru Suzuki versus Kota Ibushi? Oh, that you guys are talking about that in the chat, motherfucker. What? That once you once you and AJ were going crazy about that in the chat, I had to watch it. Oh my god, crazy match of the tournament. Just go, th- th- just throw the stars at it. These, they beat. Might be match of the tournament. <laughs> they beat the fuck. Is it the match of the year, maybe? They beat the fuck out of each other. I don't know. I feel like we saw it some not too long ago was match of the year. I don't But if I can't remember it, the fuck, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> right? Like, uh, G1 was this year, believe it or not. Or excuse Wrestle me, Kingdom. Wrestle Kingdom was this year. So we, I mean, That's we've had, look, look, we've had great matches. But... The visual of Kota Ibushi pinning Minoru oh, Suzuki and Suzuki smiling after getting the shit beat out of him. Oh. Yeah, like, this is what I'm here for. <laughs> Let's get out of here because I'm going to uh, go watch that match again. Fuck it. Yeah, no, that's incredible. Thank you guys for listening. It was a great week. Packed everything in. Next week, we'll split down to three shows. Enjoy this amazing weekend in combat sports, boxing, MMA, pro wrestling. Everything is going down this weekend. Follow us on social media at Corner Podcast underscore on Twitter, Corner Club for Life on Instagram. Follow me at Kel Dansby, him at Andreas Hill on all platforms. Shout out to Blue Wire. Shout out to the sponsors. It's been great. We're going to go watch that match. Till next time, we're out. Peace. On the-